engaging with the community has shown me that I'm not alone. And that's what a community is. A community is people who share something in common. And I think when you're connected to that family and plugged in, and I think that's the word I use, when you're plugged in to the community, you are replenished. I think when you're plugged into the community, you just really have the privilege to access support from people who, you know, you may not even know. Hello, TEDx organizers. I'm Salome Hoisel, head of TEDx, and this is Solving for X, our podcast for the TEDx community. I'm here with Masuka Mutenda, who's the organizer of TEDx Lusaka in Zambia. In today's episode, Masuka and I talk about how to apply learnings from the TEDx community into your organizing. Masuka has spent time connecting with other teams, which has enabled her to see how the TEDx community can broaden your perspective. Listen in for thoughts on why it's important to learn from your fellow TEDxers. Let's get started. Hi, Masuka, and welcome to Solving for X. Thank you for being our guest today. Thank you for having me. So to start off, can you tell us a little bit about Lusaka Zambia and also share with us some background on your TEDx event, TEDx Lusaka? Okay, well, Lusaka is the capital city of Zambia. We are in South Central Africa. Our country has got a history of being the center of the liberation struggle in Southern Africa. And so Lusaka was a base for many of the countries surrounding, including South Africa, for the liberation struggles for independence and also against apartheid in South Africa. Mm. So TEDx Lusaka, um, we started in 2011. That was our first event. And we have actually just had our seventh event on the 29th of May. That's wonderful. So let's get right into today's topic of conversation, which I know is a topic close to your heart. Um, what are some concrete examples of learnings you found through the TEDx community? In Africa, especially in Southern Africa, where we are, we don't have that many events. So I think we do try to pay attention to what other people are doing and stay connected to them. Last year with the pandemic, when you know, we had all these virtual events and we just didn't know where to start. And so we went on to the TED website and looked for other events in Africa because these would be organizers who are facing similar challenges to us. And I think one of our main challenges was with virtual internet access. And can we actually have a virtual event? What should it look like? And how do we do it? And so we were privileged to find two events, which both happened to be in Nigeria that we learned from. And interestingly enough, TEDx Yaba, which was the first virtual event that we attended, they contacted us because they were trying to have community conversations um, in the run-up to their event. And so they reached out to other organizers. And for us, seeing how they did their social media and how they communicated and um, engaged the um, people attending the event virtually, we learned so much about how they they engaged the community and tried to make people feel part of it, even though they weren't present. You know, it was just a great opportunity for us to learn. And then a couple of weeks later, there was TEDx Lagos. So TEDx Yaba used YouTube, and then TEDx Lagos used 
a platform we hadn't heard of before called Hopin. And so that was very interesting to us. And so we did all these tests. Somebody tune in on your mobile, somebody tune in on the laptop. Let's check how much data it uses because that's the biggest concern in our parts of the world is most people are going to be connecting via their mobile phone. So how much data the platform used was really important for us. We wanted to know how long should our event be. So going on to the TED website, looking at events all over the world and seeing, you know, we had initially planned a whole day event, but then we saw that mm, most people seem to have put a three to four hour event or even two hours. And that helped us be much more realistic that one maybe doing it exactly like we would do it if it was in person just wouldn't work. That's so interesting. So essentially, with the pandemic hitting and virtual conferences becoming the only option, it sounds like you faced brand new challenges. And that's what inspired you to reach out to others in the TEDx community to learn. Is that right? Exactly. So actually, on my computer, I've got a folder of screenshots from TEDx Yaba, screenshots from TEDx Lagos. And then this year, when we were planning our event, there was another event in Nairobi, TEDx Parklands. And so again, Watching that made us change our our approach for this year because we were struggling to raise the money to pay Hopin. And then we saw Parklands, you know, they did a YouTube event. We're like, you know what? It's not as, as bad as we thought. We actually really liked it. And all the team who managed to tune in were like, you know what? Let's go the TEDx Parklands route. And, you know, we spent time looking at different people's websites as well. We were also in the process of redesigning our website. And we saw some great things on the TEDx Cape Town website that we went to adopt. Um, TEDx Parklands had this great linking their team to their LinkedIn profiles. And we're like, this is exactly what we need to help people see that even though you're doing this for free, but a way of giving of them being able to gain something as well that it's adding to their professional profile. And we noticed a number of TEDx events who have done this on their websites and we're like, this is this this is perfect. We need to do this too. And I try to do this every weekend, um, usually on a Friday, kind of try and see what events are around and because we're in Africa, I tend to focus on events which are in, I guess you would say, developing regions in Asia, if it's in English, you know, in, in Africa and maybe in Latin America, just because, you know, we're really interested in seeing how, you know, maybe people who have got slightly similar structures to us in terms of the political situation or economic situation, that there could be a lot more that we might be able to learn from them. But this is not to say that we haven't learned a lot of great things from events in other regions as well. And this is the beauty of the pandemic, you know? Yeah, it's obviously a terrible thing, but I think because we're now having virtual events and, you know, a lot of them are, are free, it's opened up an amazing opportunity to attend events all over the world, which previously, you know, we would not be able to have. That is such an important point. The fact that we can now see the events that might not be happening in our backyard, it's a very powerful way to learn and sort of take the things that you like and adopt it for your own event. Yeah. So tell us, why do you feel it's important for organizers to learn from each other? When we started our event, there was no, there'd never been a TEDx event in Zambia. And so we didn't have anybody else to consult. And so some people are in a very fortunate situation where in your country or your region, you've got a lot of events 
and organizers that you can be able to call upon. But I think where you are in a situation like ours, where you may not know personally any other organizer, then the community that is available to you online, the community that TED provides, that is your community, that's your team, that's your squad. That's really the best place to start. And that's why for me, it was important to get plugged into that. And some of the people you do end up being able to have a personal connection with and, you know, maybe start emailing or WhatsApp, but others, maybe they don't know that I've learned something from them. They don't know that they they helped us. When we do try to tune in, we do try to put a message, you know, this is TEDx Lusaka. I think recently I attended also TEDx Accra and it was so great to be able to say, you know, Lusaka is in the house and for you know, for them to also get excited that we've got other organizers from another part of the world who's tuning in. That's really exciting. Um, there was a time when we were contacted by TEDx Youth Jesse, which is in Italy, and they were reaching out to all the events around the world, TEDx events, which were happening on the same day. That was 1st June. And so they asked us to record a video greeting and... We did it at our, one of our team meetings. TEDx Lusaka, we wish you all the best for your event. Ciao! And we sent it to them and they sent theirs. Hi, I'm Roberta, TEDx Youth Yesi organizer. Lusaka, we wish you good luck for your event. And that was really exciting and motivating for everyone on the team. The fact that they would, you know, reach out to the TEDx community and to be connected to an event on the other part of the world who speak a different language. And so we screened their video at the beginning of our event. We posted it on our social media channels. And that was just really a great reminder of how, you know, so many people are doing the same thing that we are doing in other communities around the world. That is a really amazing way to showcase both for your team as well as maybe your audience, how global and how globally connected the TEDx community is. Sometimes as main organizers, we forget that um, we have that kind of front row seat to make all these connections and see the global nature of the program. But this is a really beautiful way to include your audience into that same experience. So tell me, where else do you look for knowledge around organizing TEDx events? So aside from, you know, searching the, the website and finding out what other events are taking place. I also really try to utilize the TEDx Hub. So I think for me, the TEDx Hub is probably the first stop. You know, if I've got a question, we're discussing in the team, okay, somebody go to the Hub and search because I've found that searching is faster. And you notice that someone asks a question and then it's been asked like a million times, but it's just easier if you search because then you may find that the time when you ask the question, maybe the person who has the patience to give you a, a really good and detailed answer just may not be online at that time or when you need it. You know, shout out to all those who take time to post what they've done and their resources. So that's um, been really useful. I think the Facebook group is for licensees and co-organizers. So fewer people can access it, but I think maybe it has more current conversations and, and information. And it's really helpful that, 
you would find the TED team also making comments and responding to things. But I think why I prefer the hub is because I think you find more documents, uh, more resources, more things like pictures, you know, PDFs and things that you can be able to, to download. And I think there's just more information on there. And maybe I'm, I'm a reader. I like to take time to, to read, to understand, look at the responses. Uh, one of the great things you see is how common some of the problems are when you do the search, how common some of the questions are, and how some of these things go, go way back. You would find a response from 2016, uh, which is still useful. I think that's amazing. And that's also when you begin to see, you know, the people who are really active in commenting and, you know, appreciating that, okay, when you see a comment from this person, you know, you know that they know what they're talking about because they've been in this for a long time. Thank you so much for the uh, for the shout out to the TEDx Hub. Um, it's, a, it's a great reminder of how powerful of a tool it is and how much historical knowledge it has captured from other teams over time. Is there a particular TEDx team that you are in contact with or with which you have a, a close relationship? Well, when we had our regional Southern Africa workshop, it was a really great opportunity to meet with other TEDx organizers. And what I found really interesting from TEDx Cape Town is that this is one of the established and you know longest um, standing events in the region. But the people who... Um, were on the call were, were new, people who I didn't know. You know, their journey or the transition from the previous curator and now a new team. So what I really was interested in hearing from them was how they made that transition and still have, you know, a great event. And so we reached out to them because one of the things that I think about is succession and how do I ensure that TEDx Osaka will continue when I move on and they had had a successful transition. So I really wanted to learn from that, but also because they had a whole team structure that I thought was really something that we could also be able to have. So what we've essentially entered into is what I'm calling it a mentorship um, arrangement where I'll be spending some time with the curators, Ronell and, and Alex, and then we're also gonna have some of our leadership team attend there team lead meeting and then from there we're gonna look at what other members of our team you know could stand to learn something from some of their different teams so we're really excited about how this is going to develop already we've learned so much and i hope that this is something that you know we'll be able to continue for the rest of you know this year and that you know maybe it will lead to opportunities to learn from other teams as well. So we're really excited and we're we're so grateful for their generosity because it just shows that it's not a competition, it's a community and they're, you know, helping to pass on some of what they've learned beyond their community there in Cape Town in South Africa. And who knows, we have other events here in Zambia and essentially the things that they share with us, these are the things that I'm going to share with TEDx and Kana in the second city here in Zambia so that they can skip over some of the mistakes that we've made, they, they don't need to reinvent the wheel. So I've really learned that you don't need to reinvent the wheel. And I think if we can contribute to helping other events learn from that, then, you know, we're going to pass it forward. And I love this idea that you intend to sort of spread the knowledge wider to ensure a successful 
transition plan, whenever it may take place, right? Succession could be now or in, in a few years coming. But if you start today to include your leadership team into all of this passing on of knowledge that they can take over one day or also pass it to other teams, that's yeah. just such a wonderful idea. Um, I know that you attended TED Global in 2017. Is that right? And could you share with us what that experience showed you? Oh my goodness. TED Global was the most amazing experience. It was such an exciting opportunity. And for us, it was a game changer. So I managed to attend with another member of our team and we came back with new titles of curator and partnerships manager because of the the workshops that we attended. And I think TED Global was amazing for so many reasons. One, I think the opportunity to attend a TED event and, and get it. And I think that the first thing that we learned was that attending a TED event is in itself is an experience. It's not about the, the talks only. It's the whole experience from when you just enter the hall, the, the, the foyer and, you know, the food and how it's laid out and the meaning that goes into a lot of the the, the, the things that are that are there. And so that in itself was really exciting, just seeing that even before the event started and we got in, there was an energy that was created outside. We saw how, you know, there were all sofas and it was comfortable to sit. And, you know, there were, if you've got nursing mothers, there was an area for them. And we just didn't think about things like that. I think all these relationships with other organizers came out of TED Global and meeting organizers from all over the world. And, you know, the opportunity to attend the workshops just really brought home to me that some of the challenges that we were going through and experiencing, first of all, myself as as lead organizer, and I really felt that I had organized four events and I was like, well, it's time to step back. I don't want to be a dictator and I should leave. But then attending that and seeing, meeting other organizers and realizing that, you know, there was nothing wrong with being passionate about what I was doing and my community and wanting to keep doing it and improving it wasn't a wrong thing. It wasn't a bad thing, but I could just learn how to do it better and how to serve the community and how to, um, you know, curate. I didn't understand the concept of curation until I, you know, attended that that workshop and being so intentional about the kind of ideas. And the workshop, which was, you know, a real mind-blowing was the, the stage and, and set design and the thought that goes into that. And, you know, we, we, we attended all these workshops and we got the presentations and what we did is, you know, we took pictures of everything everything that we saw and just how it was laid down. It was just so inspiring because we previously, it was just an event. People come, they talk and they go. You know, I wouldn't have considered myself an event planner before that. Now I do. Understanding why the breaks are so long for TED and that the TED event is is different. It's about networking and it's about the people who go there and the conversations that I had with the people all of, from all over the world who were attending. 
Another incredible thing at TED Global was we were given the opportunity to go backstage and just see all the different rooms, the green room where speakers were preparing. And we took pictures of everything. We took pictures of the signs and, you know, the run sheet, the timer and little things which didn't make sense, the makeup room and, you know, the behind the the stage. I'd never like the TEDx, the TED letters and how they were set up. All of that were things that we, we, we learned from. And what it did is that inspired us to try and uh, recreate that experience. It inspired us to understand that TED is a community and attending a TEDx event should be an experience. It's so inspiring to hear how attending TED Global, you learned so much about all the details, you saw the details and really absorbed those and took them back to your community and into your TEDx event. We love seeing that. And it, and it sounds like you learned a lot from um, your fellow TEDx organizers who you were able to meet at TED Global. But for an organizer who might not be able to attend an in-person event right now, what are some of the ways that you think they can develop that connection to the TEDx community? Well, an organizer from TEDx Houston, it's no longer active, um, TEDx Houston in London. I think Paddy, you know, was really a big brother to us and just helped us to understand how TED works. And he advised, I said, you need to utilize the platforms that TED has provided if you want to get connected. And if, if you don't, you know, take time to use what is already there, then, you know, you're really going to struggle to, to grow and to improve your team. So he told, I said, if you can dedicate two hours each week to sit and go through the TEDx hub and learn and ask questions, respond to other people, share what you've learned with others. He says, that's the only way in which you're gonna be connected. And so that's exactly what we did. We went back, um, I may not do the two hours each and every week, but I do try to be quite systematic that at least every week or every other week and every once in a while I'll try to log in see what's there and it's not just about taking but it's about giving because if you just look at it and think that it's only um, you know experienced or established organizers who can contribute or who can talk then you are not giving the, the new organizer an opportunity to learn from you and so it's not just about reading and researching the information that's there. It's also asking questions. And so even though I said you should take time to search first, but if you don't see something, ask the question and take time to respond to others. So probably what people will find is I'll be, you know, liking or commenting on old posts, sharing my experience because that's the time when I've um, I've logged in. But that's just being able to contribute to the conversation. So I think Paddy really encouraged us to to participate and to be reciprocal. So it's not just um, one way. And I think this is the best way for any organizer who, you know, whether you're just starting out or you've been doing this for, for some time, I think not, you know, it's not always that we have the regional workshops. It's not always that we're able to you know, to attend, something may come up. But in between, if you wait for those events, you may wait for a long time. But I think if you go to the the, the platforms that are there, I think that's the best way as an organizer that you can, you can catch up, you can learn from other people's mistakes, and you can just take advantage of the, of the resources and of the community. And I think what you'll find is people are so generous 
um, to take time to to share, I think, their, their patient, to share their experiences. And I really hope and look forward to the day when as TEDx Osaka, we'll be able to put together some resources for other people. And maybe someone else will be like, oh, I downloaded this, you know, PDF guide that TEDx Lusaka shared. And, and I hope that we'll be able to find something that is unique to us that we'll be able to share with other people. So I really, I would really encourage, you know, anyone who's a new organizer or just starting out is just get in there and, and ask questions. If nobody answers, ask again, scroll down, do the search and, you know, message somebody, you know, DM them. Most of the people who are on TED, you know, you can access their, you know, their email, you can contact them through their social media. And I would just really, you know, encourage, you know, people to to be open to, you know, and, and take time to respond. Uh, because I think we would not be, you know, as TEDx Osaka, we would not have been able to have, you know, successful events for a decade without the support of um, some of them complete strangers. But because we share in this, uh, passion and in this vision of ideas worth spreading and so that that's what connects us that is such important advice thank you so much and in your opinion what are the most important insights TEDxers can learn from each other I think one thing which I have really learned is how to be be kinder to myself and as a team be kinder to ourselves because sometimes you know you're struggling to raise money for sponsorship you've got you know speakers with drama you you know so many things go wrong and you realize that other people go through this too even what appear to be really established big events they all you know go through very similar challenges you i always have a chuckle when you kind of read some of the horror stories of what people have gone through but I think, you know, engaging with the community has shown me that I'm not alone. And that's what a community is. A community is people who share something in common. And I think when you're connected to that family and plugged in, and I think that's the word I use, when you're plugged in to the community, you are replenished. When you're plugged into the community, you just really have the privilege to access support from people who, you know, you may not even know. Masuka, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for being our guest on Solving for X. And thank you for sharing your wisdom with your fellow TEDx organizers. Thank you so much for having me. I've had a great time. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Solving for X. Let's continue the conversation on the TEDx Hub where you'll find additional resources on this topic. You can also share your insights or ask questions. This episode was produced with love by Bianca de Jesus, recorded and edited by Mickey Kapper, and researched by Elia Raza. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to the Solving for X channel wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, or of course on the TEDx Hub. Thank you for listening to Solving for X, and see you next time.